marketing influence in our industry, an organization will put out, well, we enrolled a 120 students this month in, in our school. Yes, but it cost you. Are you looking for a way to drive growth, sales, communication, and retention in your academy? Kovar System's six-month program director course is designed to help members of your team thrive in the important role of program director. With step-by-step -step training, we will cover a wide range of topics, including prospect follow-up, overcoming objection, and securing enrollments. Our program will teach your team members to effectively communicate the values and benefits of martial arts, which can be a game changer in securing more enrollments at your academy. Our next six-month course starts on this date. So don't wait and visit our site, www.kovarsystems.com, to get your team enrolled in the upcoming course. Again, that's www.kovarsystems.com. Enroll now and get ready to see some real results in your business. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hardworking school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. Welcome to the Satori Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. I'm super excited about my special guest today, Master Chris Rappold. How are you, sir? Always, uh, always good to be with you, and I am doing fantastic. All Thank right. you. So, Master Rappold is one of my favorite people on the planet. We've known each other for, I think, over 30 years now, man. It's been like yes, uh, sir. time. And you've heard this story like a bunch of times, but I'm going to tell it to the audience that hasn't, as I remember it, it was at an EFC event in the early nineties. I remember at the time you would have been eight years old just <laughs> older. and uh, you came up to me and asked questions. You were just so articulate and polite. And I remember thinking this guy is going places. And on top of that, you know, being just the amazing athlete that you are, it's amazing what to see what you've accomplished in the last 30 years. Well, uh, a lot of good mentors, sir. So thank you very much for that. Uh, I appreciate it. And, you know, look, the good fortune of how fortunate was I to start um, my school around the time of the Karate Kid and the Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers. So my degree, uh, as you know, was in exercise physiology, but I didn't have the first clue about how to run a martial arts school. So how fortunate I was to do it at that time and be surrounded by so many people that were willing to share and to have the influx of people that we had back in the day. So even if I made a mistake, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just the end of the world. So, right. uh, yeah. You know, it's, 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 uh, I guess as you age, you look back at things different, but that really, it's a great time to be in the martial arts industry right now. Absolutely. But that was kind of the goal. Oh, for sure. That yeah, was yeah, cool yeah. Back then, you know, kind of like it was the business systems were, you know, uh, being shared freely and the phone was ringing off the hook and it was a unique time. So kind of uh, a few things. So first off, I, I'd love for you to share with everyone uh, uh, just kind of your background and your training, you know, where you started, you know, where was your emphasis sure. you go from there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I started when I was 13 years old. I'm uh, 54 now. So that's uh, 41 years in the martial arts. And um you know, I've never taken a break. I've just, I've always loved it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. My, I started in a, a the YMCA for a six-week program when I was in sixth grade. And then I uh, trained with someone out of like his garage for a year and a half or so. And then I um, had the good fortune. I had a, a cousin of mine 
invite me to his martial arts school and um you know i he, he seemed really happy with it and i didn't know who it was but it turned out to be billy blanks the gentleman that started you know the audience would probably know from taibo but you and i know uh, what an amazing martial artist he was back in the day when he was you know, doing professional bodybuilding and he was a golden gloves boxer and, and he was top in the, you know, the country or the world in, uh, in point karate. So again, good fortune. I, I have to uh, stop you right there. I remember one time it was, this would have been in the early eighties. He came out to a tournament in California and mm -hmm. was talking about who's this guy. And I think he was like a AAU champion back then, but he had not yet really burst onto like the open karate circuit too much then. And right. Right. You're talking about that, this, this guy, you know, Billy Blanks. And I remember him watch, watching him warm up and the stuff he was doing was whole nother level, like incredible. Now, when the, when the match actually went on, he kept it more basic for the most part, but, but just watching, mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, that's what an athlete who knows martial arts looks like, you know, that was, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. And, and very much, I think probably, um, um, before his time, you would agree, maybe, uh, you know, because at the, uh, you know, there was still a stigma about, well, you don't want to lift weights because it's going to hurt your flexibility and all of that. And he was somebody that, you know, I, I admired at the time just because he, he did seem to take it to another level, you know, above and beyond his peers. And, and certainly he had a, a great, great fighters at that time around. So that, you know, that was, that was my uh, kind of upbringing coming up through him. So obviously sport karate is where I landed and, um, and had been doing that really my whole life, uh, 20 years as a competitor. And then um, in uh, when I was 42, I was named the executive director of team Paul Mitchell. Um, he's already been on the team for 20 years. I, yeah. So I, so I, so this is our 37th year and I was picked up at the end of year one. Wow. So, yeah. So I've been, I've been along for the whole ride and again, good fortune, you know, how fortunate that this regional team that happened to pick me up uh, that, you know, nobody even knew they thought Don Rodriguez was Paul Mitchell. <laughs> they, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, nobody knew exactly what to make of it. And, uh, but that team of course has gone on to become the, the gold standard in, in sport karate and, you know, holds so many world records and such. And, you well, know, to be a part of sport karate team ever, they're the second best, third best and fourth best, probably, you know, like there's no one even been in the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, again, good fortune, you know, there's never been a, uh, a corporate sponsorship that has lasted nearly 40 years right. and uh, we've had about 150 or so um, um, of the greatest competitors of the past three decades on our team and it's it's amazing actually i have one one of them here with me um he's actually downstairs sam diaz uh, he came up to train with me from connecticut so he's here and um uh, so shout out to him but um yeah it's 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 it started with sport karate, but then to be able to um, meet so many people uh, in the sport karate world that, of course, all have different martial art backgrounds. And then to come up from the age of 21 as a as a professional martial artist doing what I do as a teacher, you know, to be exposed to people like yourself and in so many others and in, in to be shaped and influenced. It's it's been amazing. Well, and and I have to shout out, although you know, you're was is a seven-time uh, world champion. 
Is that right? Is that Pam? Listen, you exaggerate any way you want. I mean, hopefully in another few years it'll. <laughs> no, uh, I was able to. I was able to win uh, four four Waco World Championships and one ISKA, so five. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. But on top of that, just uh, you know, you're you're you you do. I mean, you you do jitsu. You do Muay Thai with Guru Mark Del Grande. You know, so, and uh, so right. Personal, which is of course one of the things that. I respect so much. So tell us about your professional. You opened up your first school at 21? Uh, 21. I, I, so I graduated um, in May and I opened in July. And I thought and I thought to myself, I remember signing the lease and thinking to myself, boy, <laughs> I hope this works, you know. But uh, again, just flyering the parking lot across the street from me and, and it started. And again, not really knowing how, you know, was a martial artist, but didn't, you know, as you well know, uh, being a martial artist and providing, uh, you know, owning a business that provides that services, it's a different skill sets. So, but, you know, with good mentoring and shortening my learning curve, I was able to, um, you know, grow that school. And of course, in the day that when you had a thousand students in your school, our first school, you know, we went, I think, as high as 550, you know, on that first location. And then we decided uh, to open a second and, you know, a third and, you know, we have four now. Were you always personal best? Would you open as personal best? We were. Yeah. You know, I think I have to say, because you're 21 years old and you were insightful enough to, cause I love that, that the title, I would love what it represents because one of the things that I, I, I just, I never say anything, but when someone says we're the best, you know, about, you know it's kind of like, well, compared to what, right. And, and so yeah. for you at a young age to kind of, just see the difference between that and say, no, it's personal best. I think that was, that's pretty insightful. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's really become my, my life's work. Um, and, uh, I think so much, you know, people like yourself in inspire me, but a lot of times inspiration, you know, of seeing what other people do, I think can actually be a demotivator to people because, if I take the perspective of I'm never going to be as as good as you or this person or that person, we 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 fall. It's so easy to fall into that comparison based mindset. So the idea of personal best, I believe, is the highest standard because if you're really following it, it's I have to compare my results today to my results yesterday, and I need to be able to up my game. So it is if you're it, you know. If you're really doing it, to me, it's the highest standard because any other basis of comparison is not apples to apples. It's like, you know, like, so Billy Blanks, the person who we were talking about earlier, you're talking about somebody that had a work ethic like the Amish and had God-given natural ability, uh, you know, full splits and, you know, could bench press 500 pounds. I mean, it was just freakish. So, you know, to if that was the standard that I was going to compare myself to, I, well, you know, I might as well quit now, you know. Side, and the flip side to the point of personal best being a, a great standard is that also you've got someone that doesn't have a lot of skill and doesn't work very hard and, and you think I'm better than them. So that's good enough. So personal best means that I can't stop there either. You know, it, it's like you, you're comparing yourself with your potential, not with others. And, uh, you know, anyway. so. We have a we have a three mile run and, uh, you know, we got it many years ago and, um, you know, we always did the kind of the 
Is it the uh, the Marine standard of three miles in 24 minutes? Well, you know, we had one of our students come and do it in uh, like a little over 17 minutes and we didn't pass him because he was a state champion and he knew, you know, he was weaving in and out of people and it just wasn't his best. So we had him repeat the run at the time and, you know, he did it in 1635, which is, as you know, I mean, that is flying. That stood for 20 years and until somebody, you know, just recently beat it, but like first degree to second degree, it it all becomes beating your previous time. It, you know, there, there is always going to be those outliers that, you know, they devote so much time to running, but um, there's a shirt that we're, <laughs> we're actually doing for the holiday and, and I have to say, I love it. And Master Casey is is the person I have to give the credit to. But it's a personal best shirt. And across the chest, it says me versus me. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, because so many times we see, you know, it's me versus the world or, you know, this versus that. And it's, you know, to me, I just I have no interest in it. It's I am only focused just on on what I'm doing. And that's that fills my plate and my time just fine, you know. Well, you know, I think I think Abe Lincoln was the first. And of course, nowadays with with the quotes, you never know where they came from because people will pull right. Is comparison is the thief of joy. And I think it's, you know, a, a, such a, a really good line. And, you know, what's interesting, I was I was this morning, I was getting ready to to do a, a post, uh, a, a video post, and I couldn't quite articulate it. But it's kind of related to this. And that was is do you have to make other people how often do you see someone saying you know we're the best and these guys aren't any good and and just in every field it's in in martial arts it's in, in, as far as martial arts styles it's also as far as consulting businesses but you know there's different ways to do it do, do you have to make someone else wrong and the kind of the theme with personal best is i'm not worried about what anybody else is doing i'm just doing my own thing right. to the best of my abilities uh, i think i think uh, again i'm I'm very biased to it because it doesn't do harm to anybody. It doesn't, it keeps the comma good, the karma, uh, you know, because it's I'm not, I'm trying, I, I, I picked that up on myself. I didn't know if you were going to catch that, but I heard it. And I'm like, Oh, uh, so karma, excuse me. And um, it allows me to totally focus on where my focus should be, which is, is on what I'm doing. You know, the, you know, the thing that we can control is our, our daily actions and our habits, our rituals. And, uh, you know, to me, that's like a full-time job. And uh, I think we'll go a lot further um, if we do that. And also, too, that's a game we can all win. Not everybody is going to be a, you know, a Super Bowl champion. Um, but everybody has an opportunity to be the best version of themselves. You know, so that's what I like about it. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, I don't know if you knew this. I'm a world champion as well. I'm a world oh champion at loving martial arts. <laughs> a, gra a grandmaster at that for sure. Hey, so uh, why, in your experience, you've been in business a really long time, and of course, so what? What do you think? Like, like the, the uh, of course, I'm feeding you this question, but the connection of remembering your mission and how it how it affects your business in other words is it is it important to, to have this not just to be more than just a business a, you know a passion or or can you just run it like you would if you're selling widgets um may, there may be some people that could uh it's not it's not something that i could do um where we are very mission driven and um i have so i actually have two people here believe it or not i have um 
I have one of my jujitsu coaches here, and uh, and then I have one of uh, uh, one of my friends from Team Paul Mitchell, and we were just we just came out of an hour conversation where we were talking about culture, and you know that's something that it can't be copied, it can't be replicated. It, excuse me, it can, but it's 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 very difficult. You know, you either you you know. I could copy an ad that you put that says, you know, karate teaches self-confidence, self-control, self-discipline, or I can put the student creed and the black belt principles up in the school and I can make it look like your school. But when you talk about culture or, or mission, you're talking about how you feel and how other people feel when they're in the environment of your school. And that's not something that can be faked. It's not something that can be achieved by putting a sign up. Um, it has to be. It has to be felt, and it has to be sincere. It has to be authentic. It has to be through and through. And I think, you know, having the longevity then that we've been able to enjoy, you know, I would burn out if I if it was not authentic. You know, because and, and then you have, you know, there's a lot, you know, martial arts schools are getting better and better. We have some excellent, you know, amazing martial artists around around this very area where personal best is. And, and frankly, I'm happy about that. But, you know, the idea of not being mission driven where competition is always requiring you to up your game and, you know, to be inauthentic about that, uh, I don't know how I'd be able to sustain it. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel like I mean you nailed it. Is that if you don't, if there's the only way to stay in this industry for a really long time is you have to believe in what you're doing. You know, and you of course we've talked about this before, but there's three primary types of motivation: there's desperation, inspiration, and purpose. And if your purpose isn't clear, you know, desperation and motivation and, and an inspiration are temporary. You know, it's, it's having a real clear purpose. And you touched on something else. You had mentioned that there's other really high quality martial arts schools around you and you're happy for that. I think it's just worth, you know, kind of talking about that for a minute because what what's uh, not that I want a guy opening up, anybody open up and directly across the street from our schools because, you know, that's kind of no fun. But if it does happen, what what are the end results? How does it really affect your business? Well, for most people that are doing it right, they're going to roll their sleeves up and they're going to, make their product better. And because of that, they're going to end up retaining their students longer. And if the school, if someone has 200 members in their school, uh, and let's just say uh, they had never opened up out of those 200 members, those there's not 200 people training at other schools in the area. There's maybe 20 that are the rest of the people we've created. And, and so it's so important that if you do have competitors in the area, Hey, hope they're good because if they're bad, that hurts us all, you know, because, uh, you, you know, if, if I do a lousy job in Sacramento, it, it actually affects you negatively in, in the Boston area because my I have a student that has a cousin that lives in your neighborhood and they say, ah, we tried karate, man. Don't ever do that. That was the worst thing ever. But if I do a good job, you benefit, vice versa. Right. I, you know, a long time ago, um, actually, Don Rodriguez, my coach, um, and again, this is when I was, you know, 21 and just starting and and I remember asking him about, you know, somebody's asking me about, you know, another martial arts school, and I I want to persuade them to train with us, 
and I don't want to say anything bad about that person, you know, uh, so how do you deal with that? And I just, as a 21 year old, I was asking him and, you know, at the time he said, you know, just, I, I haven't personally seen their school, which for that particular case was the truth, but, you know, just focus on what you're doing, kind of the personal best thing. This is what we do in this school is this, and is that, you know, is that what you're looking for? Then this, this might be worth exploring, but, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to feel like I'm getting ahead because I'm, you know, having to pull somebody down. I want to get ahead because the product and the service of what we provide is better. And I'm a, I'm a better I have a better level of influence than I did a year ago, or I'm a better leader than I was a year ago. Um, and I want people to be attracted to that. But, you know, I think you can only get so far. Uh, first of all, it's, it's, it's out of my character as it is. I know yours to, you know, you and I just don't vibe with people that talk negatively about other people. Uh, I just don't want to live that kind of life. So I would much rather, you know, be uh, totally genuine and say, well, you know, this is what they do. And you may want to check that out. And this is what we do. And, and let that let that person decide. And, you know, life is life is good. And if I would rather have that get back to somebody else that's running a martial arts school in the area. Um, I just did a, uh, I just did a, uh, a career day a few weeks ago. And, you know, um, in one of the classes, how many people do martial arts? Oh, yeah, where do you train? And, you know, um, you know, I was very complimentary of uh, their martial arts instructor. And um, I, you know, I want that to get back to them. I'm not doing it for that reason. Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything to gain, but I hope it's a nice message. Uh, as an industry, uh, we you know, we want to be working together, <laughs> you know. There's no. How there's many times n- have people not done that? And it, like I said, it gets back to you. And it was what was the point of that? You know, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to look better by trying to make somebody else look bad. It doesn't work that way. Most people figure yeah. it out really quickly. If if yeah. I'm slamming you and you're not slamming me, the people on the other side go, huh? Well, interesting. You know, uh, right? It, yeah, it's yeah. A reflection of me if I do that. Right, and then you know, like um, I I'm a fan of martial arts. Um, I, if I could clone myself, I'd probably be a dot on every, you know, in every martial arts school. So I don't, uh, there's just not a need or I have no desire to, to speak ill of what somebody else does. I'm, I'm more of a fan of it, to be honest with you, of, of all of them. Yeah. So tell me along the way, you've been in business a long time. You've learned, uh, I'm sure a lot. What, what are, what's something that you've learned from like a mistake? What'd you do wrong that you learned from? I'm sure there's more than one thing, but what's what jumps out at you? I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, let me say that. Uh, let me say being in tune with the numbers. So I will give you an example. Back when we had a school of, um, you know, that 550 number, uh, I want to say we had, you know, we had 75 plus people that were on some kind of a scholarship in our school. So I was giving with my heart because I just, you know, I wanted to be able to help people. And I didn't understand that, well, you know, that's all well and good, but there is a level of help and support that we could financially sustain. So that, 
that was the start of many, 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 many times um, uh, making sure that the impulse I have uh, made financially sound um, sense. And it was something that I, you know, could sustain. You know, sometimes we're doing right now, uh, we're doing an analysis of all our numbers, you know, because we're coming up on year end. And, you know, we reported the numbers, but now what we're doing is we're delving in deep behind what those what those numbers mean. And sometimes we, we go on gut. And if we if we go on gut that this is a good thing. So let's I'm gonna just pick a stupid example. Let's say leads. Uh, you have this um, you have this company you're working with and they're generating my God, they're generating a they generated a thousand leads for us this year. We definitely got to keep them this year. Well, let's let's delve in. Let's check how many of those leads ended up um, having any conversation with us. Out of all of the people that had a conversation with us, how many of those people actually ended up, you know, showing up in in becoming students? So, if if we don't pay attention not just to the, the superficial number, but if we don't drill down in that example, all the way down to leads to new students, we can be making some very, very bad decisions that will, will have harm for us in 2024. So there's so many examples of that. Rent, um, you look at you know, paying whatever you're paying for rent and you say, oh, gee, you know, I'm paying too much rent. Well, we got to delve into that. How many people are you getting because you have that prime location? Maybe when you run the numbers, right. that 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 rent that you're paying, you're getting a steal on that because of all of the walk-in traffic that you're getting. Or conversely, you know, you have a, a high profile location but it's really not benefiting you because you're not getting the walk-in traffic. You'd be better off getting a secondary location and paying less and putting more money into advertising. So, I mean, there's yeah, just no, kind of, re- no. I, I, about. go ahead. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I know all those examples, <laughs> unfortunately, because I've made all of those mistakes, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the seasoning, right. That you get with time. So one of the things that, of course, uh, I know you've you, you in helping out other martial arts schools, you've pushed the importance of stats, as I have. And I remember when we first started keeping stats, it was just to keep stats. And what you're kind of saying is, OK, the stats are great, but how do we it really, uh, it, you know, what can you learn from them and how you can uh, you know, benefit from those? I, it's interesting. A couple of weeks back, I was uh, at an event and uh I, this gentleman came up afterwards who's got a school and he wanted to get some input from me and he, I only had a few minutes and, you know, he wanted some advice as to what he can do to grow the school. And so I asked him, you know, how many students, well, he thinks he has about 140 and, and, uh, uh and I go, well, how, you know, and I, I asked him basic stats and he had no clue. And, and, you know, it, to his, in his defense, I go, are you, are you supporting your family? Yeah, I'm, su- I'm making a living. I'm supporting my family. Okay. That's awesome. That's impressive. And, and now so my advice to him was the first thing you got to do is you got to know, and I gave him some basic stats. You got to know what those are because right. otherwise to your point, you have no idea where you're weak and where you're strong. And so, but, but for those school owners that are out there that aren't really tight on your stats, it's not just 
so you can rattle them off. Uh, you, the first thing you have to do is, is get in the habit of taking the statistics. And, and they mean nothing if you only do it for one month. You've got to kind of let it run for a while, right? So you can see the trends. and and But then, man, they can be so helpful and empowering. And because often your gut isn't always as right as much as you think when it comes to your business, you know, and, and the numbers don't right. lie. Right. And and um, something that that both you and I see and, and we know that sometimes for the sake of creating influence in our industry, uh, an organization will put out, well, we enrolled uh, 120 students this month in, in our school. Well, you know, I'm just going to uh, pick an example. Yes, but it cost you, <laughs> you know, this or what, you know, what are you considering a student? Yes, uh, you had 120 students come in for one class and they never came back and right. they never paid you any money. We don't even consider those people students or, you know, there's so many ways to influence people can bend the numbers sure. so i think what what i'm saying and i know what you're saying is we're encouraging you know give some deep thought not just not just for the sake of keeping the numbers or being able to rattle off to a, a industry leader and say i you know i know my stats but delve deeper what do they mean and how do they compare given your personal demographics and you, you know, you and I, um, you know, in, in back in the day, I went to Fred Degeberg's for the first time and he had put his stats up and I swear, I thought they were monthly stats. They were weekly stats. So he had 28 info calls. I thought, he, I thought we were talking about the month. Uh, you know, I was probably there on a Thursday night and they had already had 28 calls, but you're talking about Chicago. You're talking about a, at the time he had, you know, it was yellow pages it was a hundred thousand dollars for his yellow page ad, and you know the content. That's a real number, by the way. That's what we used to pay for yellow pages. We never paid that much, but he had a full page ad in in the in Chicago yellow pages. Right, a hundred thousand dollars, and um, you know, so but the the density of the population that he has to pull from compared to you know somebody you know in the suburbs, it's. Again, you get into there's inspiration, but sometimes, you know, we can delve over and we can get into comparison and, and that's where I think it can be a demotivator. So drilling down, I think, is is super important uh, for for business success and personal success and and uh, still take inspiration from people, but just watch that line. Yep. Good. Well, one more question for you. So sure. what advice would you give for somebody that is... Uh... Uh, maybe they're new to the business. Maybe maybe they've been a while, but they're struggling. They haven't quite maybe recovered from COVID yet, and you know they're kind of disillusioned, and they're they're uh, you know wondering if this is their right the right career for them, and second guessing where they're at. What would you tell them? So, if I can, I'm going to go a couple different ways. One is that I think we all. I think we all have a, a genius inside of us that we're given. So let's imagine that this person really knows deep down in their heart and their soul that their gift in life is to um, is to teach martial arts and to influence people through the art that they teach. So if we're talking about that type of person, I would encourage and I would remind them that they're one phone call away 
from talking to somebody like yourself or other you know leaders in our industry that are giving caring people um you know one phone call away one little shift of perspective one one little change can start the ball moving in the other direction i love <laughs> i love the simplicity of uh, i heard and i'm sure you have one time uh, somebody say do you feel you could wreck your school yeah i could wreck my school it'd be pretty easy well if you accept the fact that you could hurt your school, you have to, you cannot not accept the fact that you can help your school. I know I can so, make it better because I can make it worse. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, there you go. So if somebody really, they know um, in their heart, in their soul, this is their calling and this is, this is what their genius is, you know, make the call, reach out to somebody, you know, um, uh, do that look to see how you can simplify things i i think in the age of now ai coming on and the internet and just an overwhelming amount of information uh the other thing that i would say uh to that person is look to simplify simplicity um so many times we have so much information coming at us from this consultant and that consultant and this and that. And, you know, it's almost like you, you end up just getting stagnant because you just don't even you know what to do, but you don't even know what to do next. You know, so getting around somebody that has been there, done that and can help give you a level of clarity and certainty so you know the right actions to take. Um, I, I, I would say that would be the best Great advice. the best thing. One of the things that you touched on, I just want to elaborate, is when you said just to sh it's like all you need is a shift of the momentum. You just need to get the momentum going in the right direction. I had a discussion with with a client uh, two days ago, and their school is slipping. It's moving in the wrong direction, and yeah, and it's been a slow, steady. And what what did we talk about? We talked about you know he was he was concerned and rightfully so. He's still yep. he's catching it early, but really you know. We're never going to arrive. We're always arriving. We always got to get up tomorrow. Like success is fleeting, right? You're successful today, but you still got to get up and do your thing tomorrow. But all you need is that spark of motive, of direction. Once you, and then it's just a matter of uh, trying to keep that momentum going. So you know, you're yes. if you're struggling out there. I, I love it. You find somebody, uh, a mentor that. Not just the other guy down the street that's also struggling. You know, it, it, I'm amazed by how many people. You know. Uh, misery loves company, right? They they will they looking for someone else that school is not doing well, so they can so yeah, me neither, and they can vent versus finding someone that's really going to inspire them to take some steps to just move it in the right direction. Yeah, the the if I may add on to that, I think sometimes when you know people look at uh, like you, you know they they see oh my god, it's a, you know Hanchi Dave Kovar, and but you know having you as a as a friend for so many years. What makes you who you are is you've had every single struggle that any of us could possibly have and probably then some. So sometimes people may be intimidated to make that call and say, geez, you know, Hanchi, I heard about I heard you on that podcast, but, you know, they're, they're a little nervous to talk to you. But you they don't realize how much you relate to them because you're not a consultant that's, you know, teaching from theory or, you know, what they read in a book. Um, you're somebody that lives it, breathes it, eats it, sleeps it, and has gone through the ringer on all of it. And uh, 
you know, so if, if that level of encouragement makes sense to somebody that's struggling to maybe have the courage to make the call and say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm looking for some help here. Understand if the, if the person is worth their salt, they have been there, they've done that, they relate to you. And if they're the right person, you know, that may be the best call you ever made. Sure. Well, I do have to make one comment. You talk about uh, I can identify. So a lot of people can identify with having to be as ruggedly handsome as I am all my life. That's been a real gotta be, it's it's got to be a burden to carry. I mean, my God. Yeah. Hey, uh, Master Reppold, uh, I always really uh, enjoy speaking with you. I, I just such a, a smart guy and such a, uh, you know, uh, inspiration. And and uh, Thank I, you. I appreciate uh, our, our friendship and hope it goes on for sure. years. And, and thanks for spending yes, today. Always a pleasure, Hanji. Thank you so much. All right. Oops. Are you a martial arts instructor looking to improve your teaching skills and build a strong team of future instructors? Well, look no further than the Satori Alliance, an international association of martial arts instructors. Our mission is to positively impact the global martial arts community by establishing a shared level of martial arts instruction, professionalism, and continuous learning. With our instructor certification program, you'll gain the confidence, communication skills, and classroom management techniques to run a professional and well-run martial arts floor of any age group. We invite you to schedule a free consultation with one of our program directors who can evaluate your instructor team's size, schedule, and training content. We'll outline the Satori Alliance master steps that have helped build and maintain strong teams of instructors. To learn more about the Satori Alliance and schedule your free consultation, please visit our website at www.thesatoriallianceorg slash podcast. That's S-A-T-O-R-I-A-L-L-I-A-N-C-E dot com slash podcast. Join our community of passionate martial arts instructors today. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational. To stay connected, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. And we really, uh, sincerely, I would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.